I know you recently picked up the yeah. Stadia. So no, what Steam Deck. Uh, not, <laughs> not Stadia. I'm on Stadia uh, right now. <laughs> uh, you had that for a little bit, and yeah. then you got refunded because uh-huh. it died. Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm Michael. And this is E10+. Plus. Today, we're going to be talking about the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck brings us into an interesting era of gaming where new players are trying to enter the console game. Uh, We saw a little bit of this with Google Stadia, um, which we all know how that turned out. But that brings us to the question of, first of all, what is a Steam Deck? So personally, I've read some reviews of it. I've taken a look at some of the stats, seeing how people are enjoying it, seeing some of the issues. However, I haven't actually touched it. You recently picked up the Steam Deck. Yes. And what is what has your experience with the Steam Deck been? So I've been a um, exclusively console gamer, and so I, I I don't have a gaming PC, which I know is I know shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you not have the money to um, <laughs> get a gaming PC? Yeah, I also don't really want to. Build, like I know I should build one, right? Mm. Like I, because I it's a better deal than you know getting the pre-built stuff. So I know I I just need to make the time and I need to, you know, give myself the push to do that. But I so I don't have a gaming PC. So this is technically my first gaming PC purchase, um, because I know if if we call the the Steam Deck a console, I know a lot of people who who listen will get angry and they'll be like you. You idiot, it's not a console, it's a gaming PC. I know. Okay, it's <laughs> but it's 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 what the there's a reason it's that it's much being picked up. Yeah, there's a reason that it's being picked up by so many people as their first gaming PC because it's pre-built. Such a <laughs> it's such a big bridge between a console and a gaming PC. Like it's running its own its own OS, uh, it's running Steam OS, which has kind of been around for a while, but they really kind of cleaned it up and, and redesigned it to, to fit the Steam Deck. And it's, I mean, it's it really is just a bridge between the two, between PC gaming and console gaming. And so it makes it seem really appealing to everybody. And the remarkable price that they put this thing at, I was talking about building a gaming PC it would be hard to build because I there are um, three different versions of the Steam Deck that you can buy. So you have the lowest tier model, which is the one that I picked up, which was $399. And it comes with this really nice carrying case, which I cannot say about the Switch because it, <laughs> it does not come with one. And uh, only 64 gigabytes of storage, which is not enough at all (laughs) unless you're exclusively again on the cloud gaming thing i guess if you want to buy a steam deck to do cloud gaming but no 64 gigabytes is not enough but it is the the version that i picked up and i can explain that more later the next version up is 529 dollars so it's 130 dollars more and it's got 256 gigabytes and it, it claims it's got faster storage because it's uh nvme Versus EMMC. For is, for those of us who do not understand, would you care to explain what those acronyms mean? I oh I don't know what the actual acronyms are, but it's basically EMMC is is more similar to what you get in like a micro SD card, like an it's so quote unquote slower storage, which basically means that when the game runs off of your storage to play the game. And then when it writes back onto the card to like save your data and stuff, it'll be slower. So that's, mm. that that puts itself into like load times of games, startup times. It really doesn't affect gameplay very much. So load time is the big thing, okay. really. Like when you're playing a game, when you boot it up, how long it takes to start the game. And then when you're going like between areas where it has to load, that's again where you'll see the differences. And it's... It's not noticeable. I mean, you can look up comparisons, and it's just sincerely no difference. I've seen comparison videos where the EMMC, the the lowest rated 
Steam Deck. I've seen videos where that storage beats out the load times on the higher tiers. So it's right. It's really just, you know, whatever. <laughs> so faster storage, don't let that influence you at all. It, it also comes with uh, the, the next tier up, the $529 one comes with uh, an exclusive Steam community profile bundle. Cute. S- so cool. <laughs> for the swag. Uh-huh. That's what the whole $130 goes to, for sure. <laughs> all of it. Um. The extra gigabytes, uh-huh. <laughs> the extra processing speed, uh-huh. that's not uh-huh. a factor. And then the next tier up after that, the third tier, the highest tier you can get, $649. Oof. Um, which is 512 gigabytes of storage. Again, that, that faster NVMe uh, SSD storage. Um, this one also has something that's actually like legitimately something you would notice, which is a premium anti-glare etched glass. Uh-huh. So I have seen that. Um, I was willing to make the compromise because the, the idea with that is that you can play in the light and you won't get too bad a glare. Like, it won't be super reflective. All right. And it's nice, but from everything I've seen, I mean, it does take down the 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 color saturation and the clarity oh, really? of what you're seeing. It's not at all, like, everybody who I've seen get it has not regretted it, but there is that slight degradation in quality mm-hmm. just because of that anti-glare etching. And... You know, you have to pay for the most expensive model if you want. Yeah, no kidding. So it's cool, and it's something worth considering if you are planning on playing in bright light a lot. Then yeah, sure, consider. <laughs> if you're sticking, uh, I, taking your Steam Deck <laughs> to the park, uh-huh. then. Uh, but uh, I don't. I typically am not playing in in very bright areas, and when it is bright, it's not that bad um, to see anyway. Because the brightness, I. I cannot remember the last time I set my Steam Deck to full brightness. Mm. Like, I typically play on about half brightness. And then that one also comes with an exclusive carrying case. It's, it's not Is it crazy. gold? No. It's just a little bit nicer. And uh, it, it also comes with that Steam Community Profile Bundle and the virtual keyboard. Oh, a virtual um, keyboard? Yeah, an exclusive virtual keyboard theme. So What does yeah. that mean? I Well, you... So to, to type things on the Steam Deck, because it doesn't have a keyboard, you can oh, I see. use this shortcut, I see. you press a button, and it pops up a virtual keyboard so that you can type stuff in. So I guess it just gives you a... I thought you were referring to like a piano keyboard. No, no, no. You get to play music <laughs> on it. Yeah. So those are the different uh, tiers of Steam Deck. So I bought the baseline one, and it's because 64... So 64 gigabytes of storage, not nearly enough, but... It is $399, which is a ridiculous deal for the performance that you're getting. Like, it would be really difficult to build a gaming PC that gives you the kind of performance of the Steam Deck for $399, especially if you're going only new parts, which I know some people like to do. I know a lot of people really like to get pre-owned stuff because it's way cheaper, but... It would be really hard to build something with new parts for three hundred ninety dollars. For three hundred ninety nine dollars, that can outperform the Steam Deck. Mm. And I think because you had, I'm trying to remember if you had done this or if you had just been talking about it. But you bought more storage as well, and you just installed that. Yeah. So I did. You you can actually buy another SSD and open up the Steam Deck and replace the SSD that they've got in there, which would give you basically ample opportunity to to hardwire your <laughs> your more storage into there i didn't feel like doing that and so i got a micro sd card which again potentially slower um and i have not noticed it <laughs> <laughs> so i got a micro sd card and so i got this over black friday and there were a bunch of really good deals running on sd cards on micro sd cards and so here's the deal i got the 399 dollar Steam Deck, 64 gigabytes. The next tier up is $130 more and gives you 256 gigabytes. But instead of doing that, I got the baseline one. And then Black Friday, there was a a sale going for this really nice micro SD card that's normally like 300 bucks for $100. hey So for $500... Instead of 530, 
I now have a terabyte <laughs> of of additional storage on top of my 64 gigabyte. Very nice. So yeah. I, I have four times the amount of storage as the next tier up, and I paid less. There and you I go. haven't noticed any difference in, in, in times between the games that I run off of that um, internal storage versus the micro SD. So I, I would recommend doing that if you want to pick one up. If, if you want to pick up the most expensive one, then you know who you are. But if, <laughs> if you're not, if you're like considering it, you're like, oh, I don't know. I would highly recommend getting the, just the base version because the amount of performance that you get for that price and just use the money that you save and get a micro SD card or get a, 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 an SSD and just open the Steam Deck. It's really, they make it really easy and there's a bunch of videos online you just open it up and it's it's right there. You don't have to go digging through the system. The SSD slot is literally right on the top when you open it. So there you go. How powerful is it? Good question. We've been we've been talking about that for a while. I've seen again a lot of comparisons to consoles, which is a good place to start. <laughs> uh, here's the deal: in terms of actual power, it's pretty comparable to a PlayStation Four. So that's that's kind of what I would go off of. I'm not an Xbox person, so I cannot compare the, whatever the same version of that is for <laughs> Xbox. That's the, about uh, what you're Xbox get. before one. It mm-hmm. wasn't a three six. No, well, Xbox three sixty was. I think it is the one. Is one the? Yeah. What's the one that just came out? Uh, S. I'm gonna look <laughs> it up because I am poorly educated on Xbox. But here's here's the thing though is that despite it having the power of a PS4. While that's already really cool, I'm actually getting more performance out of the Steam Deck than you can get out of a PS4 because it's technically a gaming PC. Right. Which means you have all these options and all these settings that you can change just super, like, in-depth, like, in, in whether it's, uh, you know, game settings or just the settings of your device, like you can set the frame rate that you want it to run at to block it um, from trying to reach higher, which makes the gameplay run a lot smoother, which is something I cannot do on a PlayStation right. 4. Which means one game that I just got for it recently, Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> you would not have a fun time playing that on a PlayStation 4. But it's been running pretty well for you. But it's been that. running really well. On, on the Steam Deck, and I can lock it. There are a lot of games that the the goal kind of is 40 FPS, which I know for a lot of you who have gaming PCs is going to seem bogus, and you're like, <laughs> why would I ever want to run a why game Why aren't you 40? running it at 120 <laughs> FPS? <laughs> and guess what? I don't care. It's, it, looks, <laughs> it looks perfectly fine, especially on the 7-inch screen. It looks great. And it's the fact that I can play Cyberpunk 2077 on a device that looks like a chunky Switch. (laughs) So I can play this wherever I want. Because I don't, like I said, I don't have a gaming PC. I don't have a gaming laptop. And so the alternative when I've gone on on trips, because I travel quite a bit, especially recently I've been traveling a lot. And what it's been is I've got time off. But I can't play video games. I'm, I'm not going to bring a console with yeah. me. So, Carry your PS4 uh-huh. in a suitcase. And so this just... It means that when I am going wherever, I, I can still play my, my console games. But also it gives you access to the PC exclusives. And so some games like like Tabs, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. <laughs> that's one that I picked up. Because of all the PC exclusives, that's the one that we know <laughs> everyone is chomping at the bit to play. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I've been playing a lot of, and it's it's been a ton of fun to play a game that I cannot play on console. But it's fantastic because it gives you access to, like, Steam, which, mm-hmm. for, for everyone who uses a PC, you're aware that Steam is, like, the divine of everything gaming when it comes to PC. And just in general, because Valve has been excellent with making sure that Steam supports the players. Everyone knows about legendary Steam sales where you can mm-hmm. pick up like this this past Black Friday, uh, I picked up a rookie number of like five games, five full games, mind <laughs> you, for 30 bucks. And it's just, first of all, that's how they get you. And if any 
big old business corporations are listening. If you put things on sale, people will buy them. So offer cheap sales. But that's how they get you is they offer these sales where you can pick up a game for like $5 when it's normally 30 and all of a sudden you're buying like eight of these games. Yeah. But frankly, regardless of how much money I give them, I don't mind because I get a good good amount of uh, entertainment out of it. Mm-hmm. But then having the option to play these games on like something like the Steam Deck, I have like ga- I dabbled. I was going to say gambled. I have dabbled in PC gaming. However, m- more often than not, my computer cannot run things. <laughs> and so... And again, this this goes back to the getting an actual gaming PC. However, when it comes to it, there are games like you think Ark uh, back back when that was really popular. I know there's still a community for it, but back when that was really popular, I picked it up and I tried to run it, and my computer was running at two frames a second. <laughs> I kid you not. And so I have to turn down all the settings, and at that point, maybe it runs at 15 frames a second. But also, the game just looks really bad, uh-huh. and it's it ruins the experience. And so, being able to have access to a lot of these computer games on something so easy to access and affordable as a Steam Deck opens up everything that Steam has to offer to a much wider audience. Yeah. If if you're looking for, for power, honestly, the fact that it can play Cyberpunk 2077 is a pretty good testament to what you can play well there are a couple other crunchers you've played on there like uh just cause three because mm-hmm. it's not like graphically insane however there is a lot there's a lot of a time. explosions and crumbling uh-huh. physics objects yeah and it, if you you've said it's handled those pretty well no yep right i haven't started once on that again another game that i played a locked 40 which looks really good like mm. it it's yeah it's not something that bugs me at all um yeah so power i mean it's set it it can run cyberpunk it can also run elden ring which was one of the right. other really taxing yes. ones over the last year really taxing you can play that on this game that one you might have to lock down at 30 which <laughs> i know again sounds like a nightmare to a lot of you i promise it's playable and it's not only playable it's enjoyable if if you're not uh, somebody who gets too butthurt about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the interesting comparisons that you can bring to a device like this, we kind of tapped on it earlier with Google Stadia, but <laughs> the idea of cloud gaming just as a whole, because that's been kind of making a bit of a push. Yeah, this is a newer concept that uh, a lot of people might not be too familiar with or might be wondering what it is. So you care to explain what cloud gaming means? So basically you have these big companies right like google did it with stadia M- microsoft has has their version in their in their subscriptions basically the these big corporations have their own servers where they run these games for you and it just broadcasts them to whatever device you want to play on which means you don't need to have the 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 high end specs on your device to be able to run the game because you can just have them run it and it'll broadcast it to your device where you're playing it but this does beg the question of internet connection because i'm pretty sure that's all you can rely on so it means you don't require these great specs for your actual gaming device but it does mean that you need some really solid um, internet connection and i've tried a few different you know cloud gaming services and it's 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 close it's not there yet i don't think i the the real sell of it is that you can play games that you could not otherwise play which is awesome because it's opening up games to people who could not have played them otherwise which is a great thing but it's hard to get a a consistent frame rate on something like that and so that's an interesting area to, to to look into because you've got these uh, options. But one of the, the interesting things is that we have some companies now that are making quote-unquote gaming devices that are targeted at cloud gaming. 
So we've been having these these gaming Chromebooks coming out, <laughs> and they have like high refresh rate screens, and they have like nicer keyboards, and it's it's very odd to see because you get some that are a little bit pricier, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, why am I paying eight hundred dollars for a Chromebook? <laughs> and it's because they put that title gaming on it, but it's not intended to be gamed on it's intended to use as cloud gaming which in that case why wouldn't you just get a 200 dollars chromebook and cloud game your games because it'll run exactly the same one of the newer uh items in in this category comes from logitech it's called the logitech g cloud which is a handheld in in a in a similar style to the uh, Steam Deck, it's got the, the same size screen, same seven inch um, touch screen, but it is intended for cloud gaming. So I think that the the version of that, I am not certain. I believe it comes with sixty four gigabytes of of storage. Which, <laughs> again, like I said, it's it's what I've got on my base model of of my Steam Deck, but it's not something you can use to to play games locally. You need more storage. And so the interesting idea with this device is it's a handheld like the Steam Deck, but it is intended to use for cloud gaming. Xbox Cloud Gaming, NVIDIA's GeForce Now service. It's a cool idea. I don't think that this is the one. You know, <laughs> I think that if they if they work to, to revise it, it, it could be something more. The big issue right now is... It is $350 for a device that is targeted at cloud gaming. And if you pay $50 more, you can get a Steam Deck, (laughs) which can not only cloud game, which you can do, you can cloud game on your Steam Deck, but you can also run games locally. Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the... when this category will really start to boom is when they figure out how to do stuff like this at a really competitive price. Mm, Right. Because right now, why would you pay $50 less to get something that cannot do? It's if you have the money to have like so many different devices, I've seen use, use cases of this one. I've seen people who say that when they play at home, they would rather use the 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 cloud gaming because they've got incredible internet of course, yeah. and the device because it's cloud gaming instead of running it locally it means the battery life is way better and it means the device can be way lighter so that's where those benefits lie but for $350 <laughs> i i don't think that it's quite the thing yet yeah you know and if you're going to be at home playing these games i wonder why make it a portable device <laughs> because uh-huh. If the only way you can play it is with a good Wi-Fi connection, it's going to be real choppy outside of a place like at your house or your apartment or wherever you have your strongest internet connections. And maybe you're stealing your college campus's Wi-Fi. But (laughs) arguably, at that point, again, with the $50 increase, you could just pick up a PS5 digital exclusive (laughs) one. And then you'll have the storage to play these games locally. And you'll also have a better experience because it's on a TV instead of a small handheld screen and right so yeah it's a it's an interesting place to be in but yeah ideally they'll improve it to make it more accessible and more uh viable as a gaming device so maybe eventually something like that can can be its own category but i don't think now and to be honest i don't think ever it will be an actual competitor mm. to something like the steam deck because those are just very different use cases. Right. So I've, I've talked a lot about how much I like <laughs> the, the Steam Deck. I think it's terrific and I think it's really cool. But then with anything that comes out and is a, a new right. addition to... This is to a Generation the, 1 yeah, product. Which is... We haven't seen a Generation 1 that has been as successful as the Steam Deck in a while. Right. However, that doesn't mean it's without its problems. And so, obviously, there there are plenty of bugs that people have. There are plenty of issues just with the device itself. Uh, Personally, I'm not a fan of the Switch controller thing, but that's just a a personal thing that doesn't actually have any bearing on it. 
But what are some of the issues you faced? What are some of the issues that other people have faced? What what are we looking at when it comes to struggles with the Steam Deck? Yeah. So I think we're about eight months, seven, eight months into the into the product's life cycle. So it's been out for a while, which means it's been getting uh, updates. Since I've gotten the device, I've gotten, I think, three updates. Nice. Like the valve um has been non-stop working on this thing and they understand how how much potential it has so i think because i've i've gotten it so late in in the product's life cycle one of the things that i've benefited from is i have noticed a lot less bugs like in games than mm-hmm. i know a lot of other people have online it's like on the on the reddit pages that i've i've seen and the community forums i know a lot of people have I've looked up how, like, what settings to run specific games at, and they say actually this game does not run at all on this Steam Deck. Oh. It, it won't open. But then I get the game and I download it and I open it and it works perfectly. Hmm. And I don't have to adjust. So it's it's really something that's that's growing. In terms of software, that is something that will continue to improve. But it's it's not something I've had too big a problem with. I think the biggest issues that need to be addressed are for one the i know everybody every single person says it so i don't want to beat a dead horse but beat him <laughs> battery life <laughs> i mean it's it's not bad right considering what you are doing and to be honest i'd say it's probably on pair with just about any <laughs> Any gaming laptop out there, yeah. gaming laptops also has, have famously bad batteries. Mm-hmm. And considering the size difference, I think that this thing does a really good job. But it, it's, it is meant to be portable. That's what the device is made for. So I, I get people defending the battery life, right? Like it makes sense because I'm, I'm running AAA games. And you can get more battery life if you play... Like play a game like Hollow Knight or or another one that's in in that style in that format, yeah, and you absolutely. will get better battery life. But the big sell here is that you can play these AAA games on this portable device, and when being portable is the sell, and playing AAA games is another one of the sells of the device of you buying it, then battery life should be a top priority. And so that is something that can improve on a game like Just Cause 3, which again is not the newest version, but I think it's the best version of the game. <laughs> it's So it's not Just Cause 4, which was, you know, uh, likely going to be more taxing on a system. Just Cause 3, um, because it's a better game. I ran that game on battery for like an hour and a half to two hours, and I got to like 40% battery life. Oof. which is not horrible. It's not bad. Were you at 100 when you started? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so it's it's not bad, I would say. Like, I, I can live with that because if, if your goal is to maybe play um, a, a bit of a game before you go to bed at night because you don't have that much time in the day to play, then, yeah, two to three hours is going to be plenty on mm-hmm. a triplet game. And so it's impressive. To be honest, my biggest gripe with the Steam Deck, which I've just turned on. Yeah, he's got it in front of the microphone right now. <laughs> um, is the fan noise? <laughs> you're which, not the yeah. You're not the only person who's complained about the which fan. Which is intense, <laughs> and I get it because it is such a small, compact device. But there are some other ones by companies like Ioneo, which their fan noise is just lower, and they and they're running the same games there are some other handhelds that are running the same games too at better frame rates even and still have less fan noise and so i know it's something that can be improved on to give you a quick sample oh dear (laughs) of how quickly it it boots up i'm going to turn on cyberpunk 2077 because i know that it's intense and i know it'll get the fan going i've just turned on the device like literally just now it's been sitting in its uh protective carrier case (laughs) next to us and so i'm just booting it up and we'll see how long it takes for the (laughs) for the fan to get going turning on this game can already hear some spinning you can already hear it getting started so it 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 booted up the the loader the um 
CD Projekt Red has its own, like, uh, basically screen before the, the game gets going. So, this is the game booting up, but I'm going to turn off the volume so that we can just listen to the fan. Hear those clicky buttons. <laughs> this is the uh, benefit of having a portable device. We can showcase this stuff right in front of a microphone <laughs> without uh, having to worry about dragging our consoles in here. So let's get this running. So while while we're waiting for, for this to get going, in terms of, of other issues that could potentially be fixed, just I think that's something that'll come to accessories. Um, something that I've noticed is uh, the, the charging cord that comes with the device. It would be nice to have something, um, for one, that's not... Um, like rooted into the brick like the cable itself is not detachable oh. which means for for storage um and for for travel it means wrap, you just have right. to wrap it up over itself and and put it away which is a little inconvenient and then on top of that i think it could be longer <laughs> the like cord. The, the cord it's it's nice and it's really nice that it it comes with the the full 45 watts that the system can take advantage of but it would also be quite nice if if the cord was actually longer. And and that can feel like a uh, an insignificant thing. However, with a portable device like this, this is the kind of thing that I know. Like again, I, I haven't played used it myself, but this is the kind of thing that I know. I want to, if I can, whenever I can, I just have it plugged into the wall and just be like playing it plugged in. Like that's that's how I do with uh, my laptop. Whenever I'm using it, if I can, I'll just have it plugged in while I'm using it because. Right. That makes it me not have to worry about battery. Mm -hmm. And with a, uh, especially after you said you play like two hours and it's almost dead. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of thing where if I want to sit down and play a game for five hours straight and burn my right. eyeballs out, I'll want it plugged in the whole time. And so mm -hmm. a short cord can really limit how, air quotes, portable it is if I want it to be energized the whole time. Right. So we can already hear things booting up a bit with this... Uh... <laughs> He's just using this as an excuse to make more progress in the game. <laughs> there we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So this is not nearly as loud as it gets. So it can get louder, but I don't care to, to show that. So <laughs> we're going to let you be and not, we'll, not we'll have sit it. here the whole time and just wait for run that the, the rest of our, our uh, episode is just, just going to let the device run. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like an ASMR for the Steam Deck. Um, but of course, this isn't Valve's first foray into air quotes, again, gaming PC, but air quotes the console territory because they had the Steam Machine, uh, which came out while ago honestly i was unaware of the steam machine hmm. uh i don't think it was fantastically that was advertised. another one that was running steam os in like yeah. a similar fashion i think that it, was, it did it served the same purpose yeah, as the steam the deck branches. Uh, along with the steam controller and those were designed to be able to again like kind of bridge the gap between console and pc gaming right and allow people to do both uh however it didn't exactly uh, do the best, as as you may have noticed, because chances are, uh, you've either not heard about the Steam Machine or barely remember it, and so it's interesting to see that they're taking another foray into it with the Steam Deck. Uh, and there are also there are also talks of them bringing the Steam Controller back. Part of the uh, the appeal of the Steam Controller is that it's not just buttons fit for a normal console game, but that it also would have extra buttons so you can like keybind for PC gaming because as we right. all know, that requires a lot more buttons. One of the nice things again about the Steam Deck is it's not just your typical console controllers. You've got these big trackpads on on either side um, that both of your thumbs can use, and you've got four additional back paddles to remap buttons, which has been convenient, and I have made use of those. <laughs> I'm hopeful to see. If they uh, link, well, I'm sure they that's the plan. But bringing back a Steam controller would be something that you could link up to the next version of a Steam Deck. This is my imagination, my speculation. Um, and because the Steam Deck can also hook up to your television as well. Right. Uh, it's not something that you just have to play a on there. TV you can or to a hook monitor. it up to a monitor, your TV. You can dock uh, it. Yeah. And Steam makes an official dock 
um, but you can buy a $20 one and it'll work just as well. And personally, like when it comes to playing video games, like no offense to Nintendo or Valve, but I do not find these handheld devices comfortable to hold. That's just my personal, like I either prefer a mouse and a keyboard or a controller, but the awkward blend of like being able to hold your screen, it's just, right. it's not I, I greatly prefer the, the Steam Deck's layout to the switch it's better i'm holding it because it, it gives um like those those back grips so it feels more similar to a remote control it's again it's not perfect because you are holding a whole system yeah, between absolutely the controllers. it's not going but to it, be it feels to me it feels much much nicer than a uh than a nintendo switch which it's just I'll, I'll play for a while but it's you know it's the flat it's it's really hard and you can get grips for those but but it remains the case of just like if comfort is a big factor of how you play your games, then it's something to consider. It's something to look forward to if that's their plan. Mm-hmm. Part of what has made the Steam Deck so successful is the reception by the community and yeah. the willingness that Valve has shown to work with people to address a lot of these issues that we have talked about. And the way the community has worked together to address the issues even before Valve can get to yeah. them. like. Helping up, find workarounds yeah. and just think of your favorite game and look it up and say best settings on Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably find somebody who has made either a full video or just has an entry on a website saying, hey, these are the settings that I use on that game to get the best performance. Like the fact that I can do that for any game and I, I look up like random issues like I was playing Cyberpunk and I saw this little there was like this glitch where there was this light in the top left corner of the screen Mm. and i looked it up i was like hey has anybody else had this issue and somebody was like yeah what you have to do is you have to go into the settings and you have to change this one and then restart the game and i was like okay and i did it and it worked there you go like the fact that basically any problem that you have on this device you have this whole community of people who are willing to, to work together to, to help each other have a better experience on this device, which has really sold it for me. It, it, it really does make such a big difference, um, especially because there tends to be such this, uh, I don't know, like this um, aggression in, in <laughs> uh, like between consoles and, and uh, gaming PCs and even in their own communities, yeah, people no can be pretty vicious to each other. And so just the fact that in this community, everybody is so nice and everybody is so excited to hear more about it and excited to work together to, to really push this device to see what all it can do, what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. It's been so cool to see. Um and it, it really does help uh, in terms of, of future-proofing the device because it means that you, you'll you continue to have this community that as new games come out and, and as new updates come out, they'll be able to show you anything you want to know for whether that be uh, workarounds, um, if you want to do like emulation on the device, which has been a big thing. Um, it, it really is just whatever you want, which is, again, a benefit of it being a, a PC is that you can pretty much do whatever you want to do on it, but it's it's just been really nice to see the the community working together to 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 really turn this device into what it is. And Valve has this sort of rapport with people where they've built up this sort of just understanding of what people can expect from them with Steam itself and uh, with their games as well, but. You think about when Google Stadia was announced, at least me personally, I said, why is Google pl- like reaching to the gaming community all of a sudden? This seemed to come from left field, and I wasn't really expecting this. And I think part of that is why it didn't go over so well. A lot of people just weren't expecting it. They weren't sure what to get from Google when it comes to gaming. And they had no reason to really stray from what they already have to go try this new thing and see how well it runs over. But with Valve, they have an army of people who recognize and appreciate the contributions that they have made to the gaming community. And they see them offering this new thing 
but it's still in the wing of what they have done before, and they want to see where could they go next with it. And so it's really received a lot more support that way. Mm-hmm. On to that, what are like legitimate use cases of the device? I know we've touched on a few, but in terms of things you can actually do with it, I mean, there are so many, but like I said before, I travel a lot, and before this, I have not been able to take my games with me, and it's... You never picked up the PS Vita? (laughs) (laughs) The PS Vita? Oh, I wish they would keep making those. Um, But, you know, it's just when you've got the the time off and and you want to do something it's okay i've got my phone (laughs) Mm -hmm. or you know i had a switch too so i i can play games on that um and it's nice and i could play some games but it was a different kind of game than i would play if i were home yeah but with this i don't have to make that compromise anymore it's not like oh i'm playing different games now because i'm not at home it's i can play whatever games i play at home i can play them now wherever i want to play them which is really cool. Um, And so that's a use case, and I know it'll be something beneficial to a lot of people. But to be honest, for me, the the major use case has been at-home play. Really? Which, you know, is is, might be surprising to some people because it's targeted as, as a portable device. It's like you can take it wherever. But... One of the things that uh, this device has done for me is I'm I'm a big fan of video games, but I am also a student, and mm-hmm. I also have a job, and I don't give myself the time to play video games because when I when I sit down and I boot up the console and I I go select the game and I get it I load it up and I play it, and then. That setup on its own takes like five to ten minutes just mm-hmm. to get started on the game. And then I'm sitting on a couch playing a video game. And then when I'm done, I pause it, I save it. I close the game and I boot down the system and I turn off the TV. And it's just, it it feels like such a, a hassle to get into it that I'm not willing to do it. Because I'm like, I feel like this isn't productive for me to, to put this time aside to, to mm-hmm. do all this stuff. But with the Steam Deck... I can play a game on it, and when I'm done, I pause the game, I hold the power, I click the power button, and it just puts it into sleep mode, and I just walk away because it's a portable device. Like, I can play it wherever. It means that if I've if I've got other people who I want to spend time with, and I know it may sound weird that I'm like, oh, I want to spend time with other people, but I also want to play video games. Um, <laughs> How dare you but suggest it's, it's, you could do you both? Know, it's, it's nice to just sit around other people hmm. and I can play this game on, on my device and still be around these other people and it doesn't feel as intrusive as sitting with other people while looking at a big TV and, and playing video games, focusing on that. Um and so it's really just helped me to get back into gaming, like this fact that I can just turn it on at in like a second's notice. I can turn it on, I can play my game for like 20 minutes when I've got the time to, and then I can just turn it off as easy as that. It It's made video games so much easier for me to play, <laughs> which has been so nice because I really enjoy video games, I just don't give myself the time to play them. It's interesting you mentioned that, I'm going to call it boot up anticipation, because just just to go on a little side tangent here, I absolutely know what you're talking about when it comes to turning on a game. Mm-hmm. And like even with something like the PS5, like you mentioned, you can turn off the, like leave the game on, right. but turn off the system, like put it in rest mode and come back on and you're right back in the game. But mm-hmm. there's still this sort of like dread of will I have the time to do to have fun while I play this game? <laughs> or what, am I going to turn on this console and I'm only going to end up being able to play for five minutes before someone calls me or before I have work I should probably do? But there, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but just like a sort of anticipation of the time that it will take, so much so that you end up just 
doing something on your phone. And it would take the same amount of time. Right. It would take the same amount of time. It's just to, that anticipation. It's just that, like, and it feels like there's a commitment there to mm-hmm. sitting down with a controller in right. hand to play a game. And you feel like you, there's a certain amount you have to get out of it to make it worthwhile turning it on. Yeah. So that's that's something to explore. I wonder if yeah. there's, like, a psychology thing behind that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not the person to explore it. Yeah. And then the final thing I want to touch on for use cases... Which, again, I, I mentioned a baby bit before. Use cases for um, baby. <laughs> uh, Is the Steam Deck playable by a child? Um, emulation. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, the amount of emulation you can do on this console, the amount that you can do without even having to, like, dual boot something like Windows, because you have a, a desktop mode. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can boot without having to go download all the drivers for Windows and stuff, which do not come on the device on its own, because it's not running SteamOS on top of Windows, which some others do. Again, I and Neo, they do that, where it's just Windows, but then they run their system on top of it. Steam SteamOS is the native platform that this run on, runs on. It runs on um, Linux. Um, but it's uh, emulation. You can emulate... Uh, Wii, GameCube, PS2, Very um, nice. even some PS3 games you can can run on this thing, which is so cool. Um, and again, the fact that this can dock, which means uh, it, you can go into emulation, emulate a game like like um, uh, Smash Bros. Brawl, dock it on a TV, everybody links their controllers. And then you're playing a Wii game off of your <laughs> off of your Steam Deck with everybody. Um, it's just such a, a cool way, and it means that if you're emulating some of those older systems, it means you don't have to deal with the hassle of getting all those uh, like cables set up to, right. to pair to your TV because your TV probably doesn't even support the, the cables that ran those systems before, and you'd have to get some adapter now emulate the games and run it off of the USB-C that the Steam Deck has. It's a, such a cool use case, and it's it's really cool that you can bring back those older games and, and play them. It's, yeah. So that's that's the final use case I wanted to I don't to suppose touch I could play uh, Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> Maybe you got to... Hook up my dance pad. Mat. Yeah. Yeah. Dance pad, man. You remember that? I've uh-huh. got I've got one of those mats upstairs in my closet <laughs> for the PS2. Just in case you Just in need case it again. I want to play it again. Um, final thoughts. Yeah. The, the Steam Deck is absolutely a first generation product. And it is obvious if if you get into it, but I mean to be honest, it is one of the most polished first generation products I have seen in a long time. Like, if you handed this to somebody, I think they would totally believe you if if you told them that it's like the second or third version of of whatever it was to begin with. Um, just because of how capable it is. All that it can do for for what it has, I think that if if this category continues to grow, for those who own uh, a gaming PC and are looking into portable gaming, because I know a lot of people have a gaming PC and uh, a, a gaming PC desktop, and they have a gaming laptop. For those who are bougie and rich. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, uh, and, and there are some too who just splurge and, and spend a lot of money on a gaming laptop mm. so that they have something that's got the power of, the, of, of, of a desktop and the, the quote-unquote portability. To be honest, gaming laptops are so chunky and heavy yeah, and they're big, big that it's really not that portable. <laughs> um, <laughs> despite that being kind of a benefit. Um, so... I, I can see in uh, a few years or so, a lot of people choosing instead of a gaming laptop, because those things can, you can probably get or build, well, not probably, you can buy or build a gaming PC that's a desktop for significantly less than 
uh, a gaming laptop that has the same performance. Mm-hmm. And with that money that you save from getting a, a gaming lap from getting a PC uh, desktop instead of a laptop, you could put together that desktop and get a Steam Deck for less than just buying a gaming laptop. And I can see that as, as a big sell, especially once the Generation 2 and Generation 3 come out. Because already the performance of this thing impresses me every mm. day. But the fact that this is Generation 1, <laughs> I mean, that just gets me so excited for where it'll go. And I, I do not think that the Steam Deck is something that'll go away anytime soon. Um, we've already gotten confirmation that we will get a Steam Deck 2. Right. And I I would be incredibly surprised if we don't get a Steam Deck 3 and 4 and 5, like, afterwards. Like, like yeah. it's, it, it really does feel like the next big um, step in, in gaming, um, the fact that we can run these games in such a, a portable thing. And there are other companies... Who are doing it too. And there are other companies who are doing it before Steam stepped into it. Um, but I don't think anybody would deny that the Steam Deck has, has really been the one that's brought this to everybody's attention. And the fact that it's such a competitive price. Mm. Yeah, it, it really is, I think, going to be a big player in, in, in the future of gaming. And personally, I love the idea of it, what it brings to the table. Uh, we sort of mentioned that there's something of a animosity in, in the nicest way between PC and console gamers. But having something like the Steam Deck, it bridges the gap between PC and console gaming. It gives you the option to play. Uh, you have access to both. You are able to have this sort of device that you carry around with you that is a gaming PC, but... I, it's semantics. We have the opportunity to play these games. There are PlayStation exclusives that are ported to PC. There are PC exclusives that you can't really just won't run on your PlayStation or your Xbox or your Nintendo. And through the Steam Deck, you have the option to play all of these. You get access to all of these games that are here. And, and there are some that are still... In the works, there are some that still won't quite work on the, the Steam Deck, but work, Valve is working on it. They're working with these companies to get these deals to have these games on this device. But overall, it opens up access to a lot more games that you might not have been able to try before. And frankly, a device like this can give you access to a lot more indie games. Uh, go, go out, support some indie developers, pick up some of their games, give them a run on the Steam Deck if you've picked up a Steam Deck. But it just opens up a lot of options and opportunities for people who want to play games who either don't have the time, they travel too much, or don't want to buy a $50 million computer to run half of this stuff. <laughs> and so it, it just opens up a lot of options and a lot of opportunities for gamers to have access to new ways to play. And then last thing before we go... Bungie, Bungie, give support to the Steam Deck for Destiny 2. <laughs> give Linux <laughs> yes, support. Yeah, approve it. Come on. It's easy. Send send the email. It's one. Just send it. Send the email. Approve it. It's okay. People can play on the Steam Deck. It's okay. Let them. <laughs> <laughs> we want our Destiny 2. We want on the, Destiny 2 on the Steam Deck. We want Deck. Destiny 2 on the Steam Deck. Okay. That's all.